Today, I want to talk about somatic therapy and somatic techniques. Somatic therapy is a type of therapy that connects mind and body. A lot of times, stress and trauma, you feel it in your body when you have that pit in your stomach. You know, you feel like your chest is being crushed. Somatic therapy helps to acknowledge those feelings and connect your mind to that physical feeling. When stress enters the body, and a lot of times if you're under a level of constant stress, physical symptoms start to emerge, such as high blood pressure, uh, chronic illness. You might think about it's your body's way of reacting and protecting you. Sometimes if your body's always in this heightened state of receiving all this stress, your body is not able to tell the difference when it's under stress or not. I really like somatic therapy because it doesn't make the client relive their experience. Rather, therapists will ask them to think about a traumatic event that's happened, and as the client starts to escalate, as heart rate starts to go up, or stress on the body starts to increase, the therapist will remind the client and help guide the client through making that mind and body connection. So where is this feeling starting to arise? Do you feel it in your stomach? Describe what it feels like. Can we name what it feels like? And then from there, connecting that mind and body and giving and providing techniques like breathing exercises, checking in with what it truly feels like to allow the client to recognize that. This recognition allows for the client to see this and find patterns. So that way if they're out of session and they're in the grocery store and something comes up, something triggers that, they're able to de-escalate themselves and they've learned those techniques and that awareness for the future. Techniques in somatic therapy include body awareness, so learning where tension is held in the body and identifying that. Grounding is another incredible technique used in helping to calm and connect yourself back down to the earth. And this includes using your senses, so what do you smell, what do you see, what do you hear, what do you feel, to connect yourself and calm your nervous system down. Pendulation is used within therapy, but it's where a therapist guides you from a relaxed state to one that feels like that dramatic experience that you've had and releasing that pent-up energy. While you start to release that energy, it might be uncomfortable, you might feel anxious, um, but you're guided back, so guided through that anxious state and that traumatic state back down to a relaxed one, helping your body work through that cycle of being, you know, worked up and then released back down. That way, you know, if you're not in session and something happens, your body knows that you have and you can work back into that relaxed state from when you're super, you know, when you're super worked up. Titration is another guided technique that a therapy uses when you're working through a traumatic memory. As you start to work through, you start to think about that memory. Therapists will start to ask you in your body what it starts to feel like as you describe that memory. What physical sensations are you having? And then you'll start to help address that as they occur. So that way, once again, when you're out in the world and something happens, you're able to recognize that in your body because you've done it before and then you're able to start to work yourself back down without the help of a therapist. One of my favorite techniques and I use this in my life in general when I talk to my friends and I'm sure you use this, you've used this before too, but 
resourcing. What are ways and things and people in your life that make you feel safe, that make you bring yourself back down to earth when you start to feel escalated? What are things that make you feel calm? And you can write these down. Things for me would be being out in nature, uh, making a phone call, talking to a friend, taking a walk, putting myself in a place like a grocery store or a coffee shop where I'm surrounded by people who have all these other things in their life going on. It, it kind of brings me back down to earth. It makes me feel significant and insignificant at the same time. And I'm not sure, obviously that might not work for everyone, but I know for me that has helped quite a bit. Somatic therapy is a wide array of different techniques and different types of therapy. You might not be going to a somatic therapist, but they have somatic practices and techniques that they're using. The thing I love the most about it is that it provides you the ability and the technique and the knowledge of your own body and mind. So when you are out and about and something happens, you're able and you know how to bring yourself back down and carry on with your day. You're able to work through these events and as you're more aware of your body and your mind and your experiences. Just be a lot more aware of what's happening within you and within those experiences that you've had before. I was in the dark against it all, but made it through the day. Cause I found my way. I found my way. How does a change of schedule affect identity? Mentally, it shifts priorities. What are my priorities now? If I change my priorities, what does it say about me? What am I telling myself it says about me? Physically, it forces change upon your day-to-day. Emotionally, it's draining because even if you're not learning new substance or information, you're learning a new routine. You're learning what are the ways and the habits that I'm picking up now to adjust to this schedule change. For example, school started back for me this semester. It's more hands-on. I'm working in a clinic. I'm working with people, real people. And I also now have more time outside of school because I'm kind of limited on homework in the sense that you have things that you need to get done and I would not consider that homework. That's just the work that comes with the work I'm doing. So for me, it feels like my schedule is quote unquote more open, but fun fact, it's not. I have a lot more time that I spend on campus, which is amazing because I'm able to see my classmates, my teachers, my faculty, um, I'm also working in person. That means more time on campus means less time doing whatever else I'd been doing. I took an extra day off of work, so I was able to make time and spend and dedicate intentional time to my school, I guess, my, my studies. This change also takes a lot more emotional energy. I have to put a lot more focus, not have to, but I guess I get get to. And this is probably the case because it's higher stakes. I'm working with real people who are coming in for help and they're trusting me to be present and they're trusting me to be there and provide feedback or sit in the room and 
have empathy and all these things that take a lot more energy than sitting in a classroom and be able, being able to have the opportunity or have the option, I guess I should say, of zoning out. I also want to take the time and make the time to learn the things I'm doing and be better at those things. I want to review my peers' feedback. I want to provide feedback for my peers. I want to talk to my supervisor and my faculty and really be able to absorb everything I'm learning and experiencing in this moment. Whereas in class, sometimes I felt like I was doing a little busy work or, you know, learning things I was not going to be directly using. I had teachers who put on YouTube and I'm sitting there at 8.30, almost 9 o'clock sometimes, watching a YouTube video. And I'm like, you know what? F this. I'm not doing that. Like, I'm going to sit here and quote unquote multitask Um And by that, I mean, I'm going to write my workout for the next day. I'm going to make a list of the things I need to get done. I'm going to do things to me that seem more important than watching a YouTube video during a class. Whereas now I have specific deadlines. I have things that directly impact people I am around. In class, there's also a syllabus with specific deadlines, dates, where I know I'm going to have to put aside this amount of time because I know for me it takes two hours to read a chapter or it takes now I have a schedule that's ever-changing throughout the semester based on my schedule, my client's schedule, my peer's schedule, faculty schedule. When I'm not seeing clients, I don't have work to do. I mean, I do have work to do, but the work changes. I have, you know, education that I can do outside of it, but I, if I finish up my notes and I'm done with my notes whereas when I was in class it kind of felt like there was always more I could be doing there was a paper always coming up there was a presentation that I could be working on but my schedule throughout the semester is ever-changing and sometimes that feels like since I have more flexibility I have more time which is not the case the issue with the feeling of having a more flexible schedule is I start to overcommit to things. I get stressed because I know I'm overcommitting to things. I get anxious because I don't want to disappoint people and let them down and commit to something that I can't follow through on. And I get nervous that I'm going to disappoint my friends or the people around me. Another example of changing schedules includes getting a new job. It shifts your schedule or maybe being promoted into a new position training for an event, like a race. When training starts, when training ends, those are two very different schedules. When training starts, you kind of have to lock in. I find more difficult adjusting to a more open schedule than adjusting into a a tighter packed schedule. I think this is probably because in a tighter packed schedule, I have shit that I have to get done. When my schedule starts to open up, I think about all these things I want to do, but I I'm not as great at implementing a strict schedule on myself because I came from a really strict schedule. Now, as I say this, what I'm hearing is that probably not sustainable the way that I go from one end to the other, but I guess that's just how I live my life, from one extreme to the other. It's a tough adjustment. It starts to shift how you think about yourself, at least for me it does, when I stop hanging out with my friends as much. Am I a as good of a friend if I can't see my friends as often or if I choose not to because my priorities have shifted. 
am I still an athlete if I'm not training as much? Am I still someone who considers themselves to be disciplined in waking up and getting in my run and getting in my bike or whatever it is? Can I still consider myself that? One thing I struggled with a lot was when I stopped publishing podcasts or making podcasts, can I consider myself a podcaster? And I hate that term, but can I consider myself someone who does podcasting? I haven't done it in a long time. Like, I guess I can, but that's not the identity I'm sticking to at the time. It's a weird shift when it's my choice. Like, this is my choice to not be doing podcasting. It's my choice to be going into spending more time towards school or spending more time towards training or spending more time in the mountains. And that brings me to the idea of small scale versus big scale. Is this a one-time thing? I, you know, had a, a shift in my schedule this week and I wasn't able to run as much as I want. I wasn't able to train as much as I want. For example, today I locked myself out of my house this morning and by the time I got back in, I didn't have time to work out. Or I guess I didn't make time to work out. Just because I didn't work out today doesn't mean I'm still not training towards my goals. But maybe in the moment it kind of felt like, well, I guess the one thing I'm cutting, I have all these other things I need to get done this morning. The one thing I'm cutting then is my workout. Because if I don't get the other things done, then those are more hard deadlines. Whereas this workout is more of a soft deadline where maybe I can do it later today or you know, one day is not going to make or break me. Is this a longer term thing? I have a new schedule where I'm not able to work out in the evenings as anymore. I have class. I have clients. What priorities do I have to now shift to be able to adjust to that? Another thing I always think about and that I always find is changing my schedule by choice or not by choice. Does that make a difference? I like to think I have the power to choose, so maybe it helps me adjust my framework. The framework might be, what are my priorities over the next few days, weeks, and months? And what am I choosing to make a priority? My schedule changes because school started. Okay, what are my priorities with school? What are my priorities with myself in life, now including school? When I know the semester is starting and ending, I get anticipatory anxiety. I know that my schedule is about to change. I know the feelings I get these changes bring. And I started to recognize this pattern in my behavior and in my energy by about the third semester of school, at least of grad school. When I start to get really anxious about balancing school, balancing life, I wake up in the middle of the night in a sheer panic anywhere between 1am and 2am. More often than not, I struggle to go back to bed. Um, I notice this happens when I start to overcommit myself and I know exactly when I overcommit myself as I say yes to something, as I take something on, I'm like, damn it, Jen. But in that moment, I kind of swallow it and I'm like, well, that's a problem for future Jen. Learning how to recognize these patterns and now for me, it's been a work in progress and it still is, but I know the feeling when I take on too much and I know when... I start to wake up in the middle of the night. I'm like, you know what? All right, well, Jen, you're either going to have to take something off your plate and deal with whatever consequences come with that, or, you know, you're just going to have to figure it out. Sometimes what I take off my plate, it's not the healthiest. So I might have to compensate sleep so I can get an assignment done. 
Sometimes it's canceling plans that I can cancel. The feeling of disappointment is maybe not overarching to the feeling of, I know I have to get my shit done for school. I really started to notice other things like my lack of boundary setting skills and my opportunity to get better at that. These 1 and 2 a.m. wake-up calls serve as my body's way of telling me, Jen, you've overcommitted. Jen, you have a schedule change. You have a lot going coming up in the next few weeks where you're going to have to change your day-to-day. But it's also a nice reminder of everything's good. You're going to get it done. You've gotten it done in the past, and you're going to have to get it done because that's the only option you have but you know what you might have to shift some stuff and you might have to change your priorities in the next few weeks what also has helped me is I I started to acknowledge that I might experience more low days I started to acknowledge when my schedule changes I probably won't see my friends that doesn't mean I'm not a good friend I also remind myself This is probably the most out of control as far as schedule will feel during this month and during this semester. And it helps put it in perspective. It's only going to get better from here. Something I do love about schedule changes is it helps promote my identity development. I've noticed that being in a schedule for me fosters consistency. It creates expectations. It's balance. And... Sometimes for me, that also creates complacency. I like being busy to a fault. And when I am busy, or at least the story I tell myself about being busy, is that I am more productive. I have a specific amount of time. I have to get these things done. And there is a fairly small margin of error. When I am less busy, I start to push things off because I tell myself, oh, I can do it later. You know, all good. I think I adopted this where I noticed it in college, where I had a certain amount of study hall hours I had to get done. I had to be at practice. I had a game. um, I have a test. And there's all these things that I have to get done within the amount of time I have free. Now, when I'm not as busy, I, I notice that I start to think about, well, Jen, like, what the heck? You used to be able to do this. Like, we're in these moments when you were training or when you were maxed out in school taking four classes and working full time you were still able to get it done like what's the deal now why can't you get it done now that identity I start to pick up of when I was getting everything done I was like hell yeah like you're getting all this stuff done you you're doing it you're someone who's organized you're someone with goals you're someone with drive that gets dangerous when I'm not as busy I feel like I don't have that identity. I'm like, well, do I not have that drive anymore? Do I not have my work ethic because I'm not as busy and I feel like I'm not as quote-unquote productive? The other thing that I noticed schedules promote for me is boredom. I get bored really easily when things are the same day in and day out. They feel monotonous, which is also very annoying because I don't like when change happens. I get I get thrown off in the moment. So this idea of like, it feels clashing, this feeling of being bored and the feeling of monotony, but then also annoyance with shifting schedules. Where is the line, Jen? Come on. 
I guess this is probably because I thrive in chaos. My parents are divorced and I grew up, you know, they live close to each other, but I was able to go to different houses. I was able to move around at will. Wanted to be at my dad's house. I was able to be there. If I had soccer practice late, that was close to my mom's house. So then maybe I'll stay at my mom. And it was just so up in the air and never consistent that the inconsistency is what I got used to. And so moving out to Colorado and even in college, I had one house. I had all my things there and I sort of became this person that needed to cling on to schedules. I needed to cling on to consistency. Now shifting out of that is something that's difficult for me. Things I found that helped me, and I, I kind of touched on this earlier, but I being clear with my priorities in this season of life, in the next few weeks, in the next few months, in this semester, what are my priorities? Being clear with the people around me, hey, I'm starting school. And also surrounding myself with people who understand and recognize that. Also having people in my life that hold me accountable. Like, Jen, you said you were going to do this. You said you were going to post this episode. Do it. Like, what's what's going on with that? Having people who understand what it's like to be busy and understand setting clear boundaries and respecting not only my boundaries, but their own when they get busy and when their life starts to catch up to them is something that's been huge for me but I have those people in my life because I was very clear with where I'm at or they were very clear with where they're at and offered me the space to be open and honest with them. The one thing that I've always found helps me is going back to the things that feel like home going back to the structures I know I can depend on especially within myself these include making lists these include moving my body calling a friend and just hearing someone's voice a lot of times I get in this weird space where I'm really bad at texting people back or I tell myself I'm really bad at texting people back and I get really anxious and build up this thing that doesn't need to be a thing I always feel like I can settle back into who I am or who I know I am. And I guess more so who I want to be. Goes back to the priorities. What are your priorities in your new schedule? How do these priorities in your new schedule translate to your identity? Do I want to be a good student? Yes. Okay. What are my priorities behind that? Do I want to be someone who's active? Yes. Okay. What are my priorities about that? What are my priorities, but also what are the moments that I can recognize just because this doesn't fall within your plan of the day or your your schedule of the day or of the week doesn't mean you can't still hold that identity. Just because your priorities for something has started to shift or they drop lower doesn't mean that you don't still hold that identity. Schedule shifting, schedule changing, it's freaking hard because I tie my schedule directly to my identity. I'm blocking out three hours to train for an Ironman. When I'm not blocking that out, can I still consider myself someone who does half Ironmans, who does races? Yes. Like, what the hell? Of course I can. Just because I'm on summer break and I don't have school, am I still a student? I'm not getting as much done. I don't feel as productive. Yeah, 
you are absolutely still a student. You are still in school. You have not graduated. And it's good to rest. So I guess what I'm trying to say is just because your schedule changes does not mean you're going to be losing pieces of your identity. If you want to lose those pieces, you want to get rid of those pieces, great. You can do that. If you want to hold on to them, you can also do that. Just because I took off a year from posting podcast episodes doesn't mean that I can't pick it up again. You're not confined to anything. I'm not confined to anything. That's okay. And just because I went to school to be a therapist doesn't mean I have to be a therapist. And if I become a therapist, that's not the only thing about me. Like there's other things that are pertinent to my identity. Something I love to think about is just because you start one thing and you're doing one thing for a period of time that you really buy into and you really take hold of and feel attached to, you can always start and stop whatever you want, whenever you want. There's consequences that might follow each. There's benefits and there's different paths you can take, but identities aren't confined. It's not binding and it's also not a one-sum game. You can have multiple. It's never too late to become who you want to become. I have been trying to embrace the fact that with schedule changes, it creates turbulence and it creates it creates a moment where you really have to say, what are the things and what are the ways I want to live my life? And it, it makes you unlearn and relearn different aspects and pieces of yourself, different aspects of what you like and what makes you uncomfortable. Being aware of patterns that happen. Schedule changes, as much as they are difficult and as much as I want to get annoyed and overwhelmed and frustrated and sometimes do, I also realize that this is where a lot of my growth comes in. This is where a lot of my how I want to live my life and who I want to become comes in. It's where my priorities and my identities take hold. And although they might change and they might end and they might pick back up, it's where I can create identities and I can find the way I want to be and the home I want to create. A new place, a new home for a while. Let me feel alive. Nothing to hold me back, take my time, just enjoy the ride. I know man, passing by, life is good, best I've ever felt. Get me up, so in, somewhere I can find myself. Oh, I feel, I feel.